This is Idle Inspiration, the podcast about finding our next favorite role-playing game or building it. My name is Caleb. David. My name is Connor. And we are here for another episode of Idle Inspiration. We got our uh, our good friend Connor on, my brother, uh, to talk about the, <laughs> mis- the, the Mistborn Adventure game and transitioning away from D&D. Like, I was about what- to say that's all I am to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll... I'll- all you are to me. So we we brought Connor on because uh, so when we transitioned away from D and D three point five, we we've done a lot of D and D three point five related episodes over the past few weeks. Um, well, obviously last week we did our like review of the Alchemist class for five E uh, at the behest of one of the members of our uh, my community, uh, which was fun. And uh, he it seems like he got a good overhaul of the class and and fixed a lot of issues and is pretty satisfied with it now. So that's fun. Um, but we are gonna kind of continue our chronology of the um, of our experience with uh, role playing games and uh, continue down that that road and talk about our transition away from D and D three point five into other role playing games. Um, the first of which was. Um, well, I think we probably at this point played the Star Wars D20 game too. Um, but I mean, it's, it was basically the same yeah, game, except was a part of that one. with guns. I think, yeah, we had been playing with Jared on and off and some other people, but um, this is the first game that we play, the Mistborn Adventure game uh, by Crafty Games that was kind of like the, a different style of game from, from D&D 3.5. Um, and Connor was their GM for that campaign. Do you want to just talk about that briefly, Connor? Like starting that campaign, what you remember about like how we got started with that? Um, I remember just loving the Mistborn series, and I think everybody that we played with had at least read like the first book or something like that. And I think I had finished the third book, and so I was really psyched about the uh the, just the world and i mean i want to fly around as a mistborn that's so cool uh the story is so dark and uh like mysterious and um i think uh playing the star wars d20 also kind of pushed us in this direction for the mistborn is like well, what other world could we put ourselves in yeah. but i think also um the idea that we had for mistborn um, I don't know if, no, I don't think I was about to say, I think we tried to do that with star Wars once. I think we tried to do, oh, yeah, um, we did like change the, change the universe with star Wars, like make our own timeline of the movies. But I think actually we did that after we started Mistborn. I think Mistborn yep. was the first thing we did yep. where we were like, well, let's destroy the canon. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did that, I think primarily because. Uh, the Mistborn series wasn't an open world like Star Wars was or like D&D. You know, there's no there's no canon, right, for D&D that is a set timeline that you have to, like, follow. And in Mistborn, it's 100% an exact timeline you have to follow. Um, there's so many different things that happen that are like, well, this is Mistborn. Yeah. Um, and without that, it's like really hard to know how to put a push a uh, story forward while these giant things happen in the background that change the uh, the world, the narrative. And it felt like, well, 
what else can you do in this world unless you're following it's like we could have done like a let's just be rogues in a city sort of a thing let's be a thieves creeping crew in a city but there's only so far you can take that before you want to do the the world changing stuff and and real quick before we go any further we're talking about mistborn uh the the uh book series by brandon sanderson fantasy author um yeah so it's a fantasy series kind of set in like a grim dark fantasy world uh where ash falls from the sky and there's an evil emperor and all that stuff um so great series if you want to check it out uh and we were playing the uh, role-playing game by crafty games based off of that series uh yeah we definitely recommend the book series but i don't know i think other people cool, uh, no spoilers for the episode but we probably wouldn't recommend uh, the most boring crafty games i'm sure that um, people will would have fun with it um oh you know, for sure for, yeah. for what it is we had fun with it Oh, we absolutely had so much fun with it. You know, by the time we did our second Mistborn campaign, it was just like, all right, yep, this system is broken. <laughs> Why did we do this again? Yeah. Um, but I think I think the reason we loved it so much was just because it was different. Yep. Um, there were uh, combat roles for social interactions and uh, um, mental attacks, right? And we were like, what that's so cool because at this point we were already leaning away from combat 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 for no reason yeah um to like well what if i want to convince the guy not to kill like not not, so we don't have to kill him uh and have it not just be one role that you know (laughs) yeah um like what how can we make this um more than just i stab it right because because that was david's famous line from from 2.5 was was i kill it or i stab it or something like that whenever you'd, you'd give us a description of the room and ask us what we yeah. want to do that that's or, legitimately true so you guys do I, next? if we did like an actual counter on that i bet you david said 300 plus times <laughs> no easy oh man i wish we had like you know like those youtube videos i wish we could actually do that where it's like uh yeah. uh like from 24 jack bowers kill count throughout the series and like <laughs> we, we could do that with david i, I stab it mm-hmm. <laughs> that'd be so funny well well one of the things that i want to do with since i'm converting the campaigns that we've streamed to podcasts is make like um player statistic cards um like one, once we once we finish with chrome inquisitors i'm going to go back through and it's so much easier to go back through an episode when it's like really shortened and condensed um and make some make some fun counters for like how many times this happens how many like what what roles you guys get in in the game so that i can be like oh let's give a like a player like a batting average for each player sort of a thing for right like, like successful roles for successful and roles and stuff yeah exactly that might be fun i bet i have the lowest <laughs> you probably like do says the lowest uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, I think the mental and social like uh, attacks and overcomes that um, were introduced in that was one of the main reasons that it intrigued me as um, like a story um, or not a story, like as, a, as an RPG system. And then the story itself, I absolutely adored. Mistborn was my favorite book series for a very long time after I first read the first book. And uh, that, that was... Oh, right. John uh, Wayne yeah, Cleaver. John Wayne Cleaver <laughs> yeah. series is, is my favorite now. But yeah. I think I think if I went back and read Mistborn again, it might be my second, but it might be the Stormlight Archive. Mm. Just maybe. It's, they're up in the air there. Um, the thing with Stormlight Archive is it's not finished yet, so you can't yeah, take exactly. it as a whole. <laughs> hey, yeah. maybe it's like Lost, you know? Yeah, right, exactly. 
<laughs> Knowing Sanderson, I doubt uh, it, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, but anyway, so, uh, and I think after we were doing Savage Tide for a long time, we were doing all sorts of other RPGs just randomly, right? So, like, you know, we'd start the Star Wars RPG for one session and then be like, uh, uh, maybe never come back to that. Or we'd start a new D&D campaign and mm-hmm. do that for one session and be like, oh, well, we did, we'll never come back to that because we did that so-and-so D20, moved away. Yeah, we did that D20 modern thing at one point. Do you guys remember That's that? Right. Did we do, like, one session of that? We were at, like, we a wedding or something? There was a yeah, shootout? Yeah. It was a funeral, and it was a shootout, funeral, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, you know, we, just, were, we were in Texas. I couldn't remember why. We were in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Right, It was, a, and it was a D20 system, so it basically worked the exact same way as D&D, except yeah. you had guns instead. Yeah, yeah I think, I think um, part of the reason why I, those other um, things didn't work was because um, like, people people we played with like the circumstances didn't work out again yeah. to be able to have all those people in the same room or we'd have or, or like i think for the d20 modern i think it might have just been us three but no, then it, the next time it was us three and jared and trevor oh, okay so maybe it was trevor who moved away that we were like well we can't finish that now or something like that but i, I think honestly also think it was just like we were playing Savage Tide instead, <laughs> right? It was like oh, when we got possible. together, we wanted to do Savage Tide instead. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think the reason for that primarily though, was like, we would um, go to a different game, right? We'd want to do a different setting, but uh, D20 modern didn't feel different enough from yeah. D&D that mm-hmm. we were just like, well, D&D did this better. Yep. Um, you know, and well, in D and D, there's spells, and in D twenty modern, you know, I just shoot people. It's like not interesting because the game mechanics didn't um, didn't do anything different for the setting, and I think that's why Mistborn really intrigued us. Is we were like, well, this isn't just a, I roll a D twenty and uh, figure out whether or not I hit. It's uh, it's all based on my skill in um, you know the metal stat. And uh, I can be a misborn in this, and that changes the stats. It's not just I roll a d20 with a different modifier. Like that changes the stats. And um, I think I think we were just so interested in how the setting um, melded with the RPG really well. And so on paper, it looked amazing, absolutely incredible, like new experience. And I think um, like. For for the listeners, I think anybody who really loved the Mistborn series would love to look at it and give it a try. Um, but I think in long term, I think we found a lot of flaws with the system that we weren't expecting to really find. Yeah, I'd say that the theme carried it pretty hard in the yeah. beginning for us. And then as we got more familiar with it and started actually diving into how we felt about the mechanics. I think the more and more we realized that a lot of the stuff was just not just like the first time someone used fair community, we were like, this is, this is totally broken. <laughs> this is nothing about that part of the system works. <laughs> like uh, I feel like uh, it was, that was kind of the experience, right? Where as time went on, we slowly started to peel back the mechanical bits as opposed to just the narrative setting and started to realize that there were parts we didn't care for as much. Um, but I mean, that didn't really stop us from having fun. Mostly it just meant that we, uh, well, one, it means that we banned 
uh, efficient use of ferrochemy, but also <laughs> it meant that we, uh, you know, basically just tried to game what, you know, what mechanics worked as much as we could, which is why we ended up all being raised in Mistborn by the end. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so. true. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I think um, um, oh, real quick, minor spoilers for the Mistborn trilogy. Um, you may you may pick up on and hints that are spoiling things. But. That's fair. That's true. Yeah, we'll try not to be. Well, I think I think at spoilery. one point we should just yeah. for fun go through the story that we made the like the between... canon that we made yeah, yeah i think that might be fun but be cool. like towards the end of the episode of like this is <laughs> this is major i'm just gonna tell you everything that happens so yeah. <laughs> um so anyway uh the other thing i was thinking of is um i don't remember exactly why i was the gm instead of you caleb and i think it was just because you were always the gm and you were like, well, I would want to play a character sometimes too. And um, I started thinking, yeah, it'd be really fun to try my hand at GMing again. I was under the impression else that. that Caleb hadn't read as much of the series I think as you at that point. And that you were just much more familiar oh. with it. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, him yeah. probably wanted, probably, he probably did want to play a character. Him wanting to play a character probably yep. hurt. But yeah, I think it was, you were the, the resident expert at... Uh, you're you're the resident Mistborn expert at that time. point. Oh, yeah. oh man, that that feels good. That's who I was. What what a so what a time, man! What yeah. what a what yeah. a time capsule of a moment. I think things were so yeah. so much more innocent back then. Mm. We were so young. <laughs> That's what people say, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that. <laughs> uh, and so uh, we, we played a game where we uh, killed people all the time with coins. You know, innocent. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Coins uh, that apparently can go 150 miles an hour. <laughs> no, I think it was 250. <laughs> yeah, something uh, like that. Something, well, yeah. I think it was 250 when you used. Uh, yeah, that was an improved version uh, of the. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And I remember we asked Brandon Sanderson about that in person at one of his signings. He yeah. answered the question for every fan, and mine was in the in the Mistborn RPG. The improved steel shot stunt says, or whatever, says that you can shoot a coin at 250 miles per hour. Is that accurate? He's like, no, I don't think that's right. <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay. I think he was probably like, I'd have to check with like Peter about like the math, but like that doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's not something he had like at the top of his brain. Like, and remember, coins go 250 miles per hour, or actually they only go 200. There's max velocity. His, his reaction being such that that seemed unlikely. Although, to yeah. be totally honest, I'm not really sure how fast a coin would have to go to completely pass yeah. through a human being, which I feel like happens regularly in that yeah. series. So, so might be maybe, true. maybe, yeah, I don't know. The, I mean, the thing is with with that is it's so that's so interesting is the Mistborn Adventure game is very detailed. In its like explanation of the lore and the powers yeah. and all that stuff, to the point where we were like, "This is stuff we didn't know about any of these powers." And and honestly, yeah. what's, what's interesting is some of it was like totally right, and we and it, it was this was before Alloy of Law had even come out, I think. And so it was like, "Whoa!" Like this is like new information about the metals that we don't get until later. But you, apparently, if you play the Mister Adventure game, like you, because they they probably just ask Brandon, "Hey, we need like the." How, what all the metals do so we can make sure everybody knows and it's be, wow it's just kind of crazy yeah speaking of spoilers in the game i and spoilers for the series here for the next like five seconds uh i i'll put my hand out when i'm done i 
I remember I hadn't finished reading the book yet. And there was a what if section in the rule book that said, what if Kelsier hadn't died? And I was like, oh, I guess I know Kelsier dies now. <laughs> I, remember so, I remember being like, David. Yeah. So I'm going to put my hand down now. So, yeah, if you if you read the book, be aware that there's some pretty big spoilers in the rule book, as you might imagine. Um, so maybe read yeah. the series first. Yeah. You, well, so, and you weren't expecting like a plot point. Like you, you expect like it was, a magic system. It was kind of a be, weird way like, to do it. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what's actually really uh, funny, just interesting to me about the, the Mistborn Adventure game is they're still making books for it. So apparently there is a large enough fan base who play the Mistborn Adventure game regularly that they've continued mm-hmm. to make source books for it. Well, yeah, to be honest, I'd buy those books just because I know this stuff in it is cool and like the extrapolation of stuff. Like the first time we ever saw what Tin was like if it went crazy and you could like see through walls, which I don't think was ever or is ever even still a thing that happens. But that was like, and I also don't even know if that's true. But at least according to the people who wrote the book, if you were good enough at Tin, you could see the light through physical objects and see through walls. And I was like, that might be not, that might not be a thing Sanderson intended, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's basically a bunch of RPG nerds who got together and were like, all right, let's dig through these powers and to come up with random OP crap, shall we? <laughs> and I mean, I can totally respect that. Even if, if the way it came out was not how I would have designed it. I still appreciate that someone did that and that there yeah. was a Mistborn game to play. Right. Yep. Like even if, even if the other things that, we didn't love about it. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I'm glad they made it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun as fans. And I think just what you said, Caleb, like there were so many ideas that were put into it that we wanted to try out. Like, yeah. oh, I would love my character to be addicted to Tim. That sounds mm-hmm. like so much fun, you know? Uh, and so we would work towards ridiculous things. Um, I that- think the entire game that I wanted to get a spike i really really wanted yeah. to be allergic spike the entire yeah. time <laughs> i never gave you one no well hey uh, i got i got one at the end of misborn monsters it's funny i didn't realize that oh, because yeah. my character got a bunch of them <laughs> and i didn't i know and i was mad <laughs> yeah i, I didn't know that well, that's funny <laughs> i remember uh like me thinking well this is gonna ruin caleb's character for what i have plans possibly i don't remember actually well uh, just, spoiler, so spoiler alert real quick about my character i think that makes sense because i was i became god so <laughs> it's true <laughs> well that's not a spoiler for the series it's a spoiler for well it's a uh, spoiler that i mean it's a thing that happens possible. in mistborn <laughs> yeah yeah uh well anyway um yeah <laughs> i feel like i feel like yeah. the the, if anybody continues the spoiler thing, you're going to keep having to fast forward, possibly just to let everybody know. Uh, yeah. No, but anyway, um, I'm trying to figure out there's something else that's going to bring it to. We already talked about the canon change. I don't remember exactly. Did, did you guys have any other things? Like, well, like what's next on the docket here? Good, David. Do, do we want to go through just you know before we get into maybe like the actual system itself? Do we want to talk about yeah, sort of the direction our story went as opposed to Mistborn? Just get, keep all of the spoiler stuff in one spot, I guess. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, okay. So 
and and we don't need like a giant like a giant review of the whole thing no, just like right. the main main pieces are fine well yeah because i'm assuming that anybody who's listening to this has already read the series so i'm not gonna hopefully uh yeah yeah um so definitely we so we we followed the, the like main three book structure so like at the end of the first season i guess you could say um or actually i don't even know if at the end of the first season i don't think we did um i don't think you guys killed the lord ruler is that true i think somebody else i think some of the npcs might have so it's important to note that we don't we didn't include any of the canon npc or characters except for the lord ruler yes and yeah yeah, we didn't kill him ever i don't think i think yeah, I think Zephyr yeah. did, or, or like if that, if that was his name, I don't remember. Uh, it sounds right. Um, but didn't he? Didn't he kill the Lord Ruler at the end of the second book? For us, didn't he take the Well of Ascension and kill the Lord Ruler? I thought we took. No, I think that was. You might be yet. right. Yeah, because we took a bunch of Larry's and beads at the end. And, yeah, and right. Zeph, Zeph became a whole thing right he he right. became the lord Ruler. he became, he, the, he bad became guy, right? the bad guy yeah. which is uh how he definitely moved away from that <laughs> first bit but i think i think that the yeah. beginning instead of it being about you guys trying to kill the lord ruler it was about a noble war right you guys wanted to cause a noble war in order to kill that sounds um, right yeah i don't know if it was necessarily to kill the lord ruler or not but like to fight back right you were gonna collapse the noble um like yeah system or right. yeah whatever you want to say so I think um, I don't remember exactly when Lord Ruler was killed, but but we we did that kind of uh, a story, right? So we um, wasn't that what the whole point of the uh, life and death metal was was use the death metal or he used the death metal or whatever to kill the Lord Ruler, isn't that right? Something like that. Um, so yeah, we added maybe. or Connor rather added a couple medals that uh, weren't in the actual series just because he wanted to have his own spin on it. And uh, I think that was that was involved. <laughs> to be frank, it's been a while, but uh, yeah, I think that was probably the biggest point of divergence. Because before that, it was, it was similar. You know, we were like in hideouts and we were being chased by yeah. inquisitors and uh, a random cousin to my character who I basically had forgotten about turned out to be a Chandra who was just giving away our position the whole time, which was fun. Um, and that's why I, we kept having Steel Inquisitors raid our base all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Uh, well, but, you also uh, had yeah. Steel Inquisitors raiding your base all the time because I realized how incredibly powerful your guys' characters were, and I had no idea why. Uh, yeah, well, that was even before Miranda popped a Steel Inquisitor with one punch. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was, she was like, uh, well... I attack and I get plus 100 to my roll. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, you don't. I, I was like, I was like, sorry. Like, conveniently, my character's not a fighter. So it makes sense that she would burn all 126 of her charges in one punch. And we're like, yeah. Also, you never get to punch anyone ever again. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> for, for uh reference, you know, like a, an incredibly effective, like a Lorazium Mistborn has a five in and everything. So you might have a five in Peter and then you might have like, you know, say you have like a, can't remember exactly how the skills work, but like, say you were attacking with like a four, you know, thing for your weapon or whatever. 
you're looking at like nine dice. That's a pretty big pool. <laughs> so Miranda went to roll 120 dice. And we're like, I mean, he dies. It's a, it's physically <laughs> impossible for him to do anything about that yeah. even remotely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was for, and that was just how freaking he worked. You could you could just put an insane amount of charges into the thing and then tap as many as you wanted yeah. for that many dice. And I mean, maybe that would have worked if the max was like 20. But it was 120 yep. <laughs> or like yep. 150 or something stupid like that. So well, I don't even think there was a max necessarily. I think there may not just, have been. I don't remember. I, I think I think the max was how many charges you could uh, put into a specific piece of metal. Right, but right? I think the so metal like, had may have had some kind of like uh, upper limit to how much it could hold. But oh, even if it did, it was so high that it was completely irrelevant that it existed at all. Yeah. Well, anyway, so yeah, that was, that was ridiculous, but so, uh, it was fun like, too. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that was, I think that was most irritating for me as a, a GM because I was railroading super hard, which I super regret, but, um, you railroaded that campaign. So I didn't hardcore. railroad, <laughs> I didn't railroad the first Parts. arc or yeah. the third arc, but the second arc, I very yes. much so railroaded, yes, um, which is like, it's like, I, that like haunts me in my sleep. <laughs> Like, like I wake up some mornings and I'm like, oh, why did I do that? <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm somewhat exaggerating. But, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, everybody has those moments in their life where they're like, man, I really wish I wouldn't have done this thing. And like, <laughs> to be fair, if that's, you if think that's, that's what Connor's saying uh, is that his life is so good that that is his biggest yeah. regret in life is railroading yeah, yeah. a D&D. I would campaign. say For I have those problem. moments, but they're much worse than. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah well uh <laughs> I, yeah I, I mean i'm mostly joking yep. but also sometimes i think about it and go man <laughs> that's <sucks."> yep <laughs> um but uh for for like the general structure that we did is so like we followed the first arc um about like fighting back against the the noble hierarchy but it wasn't necessarily to kill the lord ruler it was to start a noble war and then i th- I don't remember exactly when uh, Zeph killed the Lord Ruler, and let's just pretend it was at the end of the second one because I think that sounds right. Um, yeah. And so then, um, after you guys like succeeded right at the first one, the um, next goal was instead of fighting the Lord Ruler, it was to fight the um, like uh, the secret organization that had like access to hemallergy and name? new metals what that what was the name of that organization um, i remember i think it was the secret alloy or something like that oh, or the new alloy that's what it the was new alloy yep. yeah um <laughs> classic mistborn that's right secret well, that's because they, they were looking for the new metals right is exactly. that what they call themselves yep. yeah yeah they uh were very um like in inventing like they were inventing all sorts of stuff um and they were the ones that invented i think the life and death metals but i could be wrong about that one Um, but anyway so then the second arc was you guys fighting these like this secret society who knew way more than you guys did who knew uh about these like new metals who like introduced you guys to the new metals um kind of a thing and then um 
the second arc ended with the Kelsier character not dying in the first arc and instead turning like to the dark side in the second arc because of Miranda's character dying. And he was like in love with Miranda's character. <laughs> and so uh, that became like the, the issue is mm-hmm. uh, Zeph became the Lord ruler. So like he goes and kills the Lord ruler and then like uh, takes the well of ascension. Yeah. And for yeah. for himself and uh or I think the other way around, he took the well of ascension to kill the Lord Ruler. And then for the um third arc, it was you guys figuring out how to like at first you guys like retreated, right? You're like kind of like left Luthadel, and um it was kind of like um you guys went off and did like your like hideout remote like Stay in the countryside until things blow over kind of an arc. And then um, you guys came back to Luthadel to uh, kill Zeph. Yep. yep. And right. um, you guys also uh, found a, a Chondra army. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's where you found the Razium as well. Yeah, I think so. And uh, they were like, well, the, these people were are like best hope. I think there were some roles involved, but you guys convinced them to join you in the fight, and they gave you uh, the conjurer gave you some Lorazian beads, and so you guys all went in as Lorazian Mistborn to fight Zeph. <laughs> and then when you got there, remember how we remembered how Farukami uh, uh, rules worked, and I was just like, uh, "Yeah, you guys can't really fight him." <laughs> yep. Yeah, because because well, he just caps a hundred speed every time you yeah, do something. Yeah, <laughs> mind. Yeah, that was right. Yep. Um, and then you guys killed him by using the death metal uh, and yes. um, um, who actually burned that? it with uh, Duralamin. I think it was you, Caleb, but I don't remember. I'd like to think it was me. That'd um, be cool. But yeah, it was super cool. Yep. And then I remember it escalated really quickly and basically Caleb ended up as God. Harmony. Yep. Because in this setting, Harmony was already a thing right like there or it wasn't that with harmony was the thing it was that ruin and preservation work together yeah. anyways yes. right so yes. it was like harmony but they were still two different people and yes. yeah so caleb ascended and i think becca's character and my character became like oh the immortal, immortal god kings stewards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically and uh because at that point we could use atm not to age and stuff yeah, so, I mean, you were. Yep. I think you. I made you into yeah. full Mistborn and full Fergus, so you were like, right? Yep. Yeah. So he, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, it that was, was pretty crazy. Fun. I did Jared's character. Die? I think he lived um, a normal life. I, didn't someone die like trying to crawl to the well or something? I, I feel like I remember like we were all really messed up and something bad was happening. And we were trying to crawl towards what I thought. I thought it was a well of ascension, but maybe it was. Maybe we didn't end up getting it at all. But I could have swore there was something like that. Maybe that was when you ascended. It was when you ascended, I think. We were all like trying to claw our way to the well because we were all dying horribly for some reason. Well, the death metal. <laughs> and that's right. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then they really, uh, they really took you guys for a. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, it was, <laughs> Um, so then the other thing I remember is 
Um, so Caleb, you ascended. I think I think Jared said that he just like dies because that I don't think he happened. ended up living a normal life. I'm pretty sure he said I would just rather die because Butcher was just killed. Oh, that's and true. So it was just like I'll just I'll just you know yeah. die a heroic death kind of a thing. Right. And then yeah, David and Becca's characters became like the new Lord rulers, and uh, I still have insane ideas and plans for the next uh, arc or whatever. That continues on with that story that I will never spoil because if we ever come back to that for any reason ever, it is like the cool some of the coolest reveals I've I've planned that just like totally mess with the world in fun ways. But um, it was I think uh, one of my one of my favorite parts was just having loved the series so much to just mess with the setting, um, just yeah. be like you know what there are these new metals that aren't in the books, but. Tough luck, Brandon. This is my this is my universe now. <laughs> I know, and I don't I, think that Brandon minded. No, I don't think he did at all. Except for that time when he showed up and almost tried to kill you and all that stuff because he was so mad. <laughs> yeah, he was really mad. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. No, it was it was good. It was a lot of fun, and yeah, it was just fun to explore the setting and and the everyone's a mistborn tag came out of that um uh, which is kind of a it's kind of like a thing in the book where there's you know misborn tend to keep keep it a secret so secret misborn or thing but during our game there were quite a few secret misborn and so it became kind of a running joke that everyone was misborn yeah. we just didn't know it yeah well um, the, so. the part of the issue was i realized that the system just like wasn't balanced for anybody who didn't have pewter Oh, yeah. If you don't uh, have Peter, you're a terrible fighter. (laughs) Yeah. So it was really annoying to like throw, uh, like, like, okay. So when we first started, the first arc, right, was you guys just can do whatever you want as long as you're like fighting the nobles, right? And uh, Zeph was like your leader. And so he would Mm -hmm. scold you when you guys got out of control. (laughs) Um, And then you, uh, I remember, I remember you, Caleb, your character and Jared's character did a lot of like behind the scenes stuff like mm-hmm. like one shot sessions you could say where you guys yep. like raided a noble house and trying to get atm that kind of a thing mm-hmm. and i remember um like you um would like go attack on this noble house and you guys would get back and uh, zeph would like scold you and be like you guys could have been killed and and you guys were like like well because you guys were like well what did what did we do like we succeeded like why would you scold us and he was like well you guys could have gotten killed that was so dangerous and and you guys were like well we didn't and then i was like well he doesn't really have an argument to that yeah (laughs) but but it um uh it was it was annoying because uh i literally threw a misborn at you because i was like this is such a like a bad idea there should be way more resistance than this and so I'm going to say a Mistborn comes and fight you guys mm-hmm. and literally dies. And then instantly. we realized that probably my least favorite thing about that system is that Mistborn are weaker than any other character yes. because they have all the medals, but that doesn't actually help you in this game any. Yep. And they're worse at them than the person with only one medal, which does make sense. <laughs> but <laughs> this is because of the way the system works. You're never using more than one at a time. So you were just worse. It- you just had some more options that didn't really help you because why would you ever roll the weaker options? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, and like I was a misborn and I never shot a coin at, I don't remember ever shooting a coin at someone because I would have just objectively been better to do anything else. Yeah. The, Which the, is not how this book series worked at all. Yes. 
everybody was shooting coins at each other all the time in the books. Yeah, movies. like literally, people walked around wearing wood because wearing metal was so dangerous because people could have pushed you. And if I had done it, it would have been a terrible idea. I would have been way better off using Peter to smack someone because I'd had at least double the dice. And it, yeah. it's just unfortunate. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it, it really was. It was. Uh, it was sad to like see a really interesting fun game um turn into i hit it really hard yeah and i think that was uh like we didn't have that realization because like for us it was like super new it was super new and yet um the setting you didn't want to be like bureaucrats and like play with the social uh roles and the the mental roles wanted you guys to be wanted magical to, characters yeah, yeah you want to be magical characters and fight people you don't want to be like soothers or rioters like that'd be so boring <laughs> and so uh like you you'd want to go and like uh just attack everybody and so mm -hmm. i tried to set up like unique situations where you guys were forced to use like a plan and so like becca's character could actually like do something with her rioting rather uh, than just oh uh, right i forgot that's what she was yeah or maybe she was a soother she might well, have been a soother. she was a i think she was a rioter okay um and then um, she ended up playing a lurcher later yeah yeah that was really cool but um yeah it was it was really frustrating because um like you guys wanted to just do all this fighting stuff. And then we realized that not only were the really the like most interesting, intriguing parts that we've never like messed with before, you guys just didn't really use because of like the setting was so much more fun to be like, I fly around and hit people. Um, right. But when we found out that like David's character was a misborn and he was like, he could never be Jared in a fight. It was really frustrating yeah. and we, it was like well uh you know david's character has like like uh when you make a character um there are like different advantages and weaknesses to being to starting as a misborn mm -hmm. um rather yeah. than just um like have being a misting like jared was so jared had the higher metal skill and didn't have his less attribute skills but yeah. for david he had less attribute skills and uh got to have all the medals but right. there really wasn't a good balance with that because you could just you could try to do more things, but it was like it was like the worst min max right. uh, I had, build ever. I had a lot of options and none of them were good. Is the yes. problem right? Like yeah, yeah. As opposed to a misting where you only have one option, but you might as well use it every time because it's it, it's gonna work. <laughs> right. So it's like yeah, it was it was pretty rough, and uh, there was also a weird thing where the way that like your health and stuff was calculated, it would go across the row. And I remember thinking it was weird, but your resources, your money yeah, yeah, yeah. calculated into your health. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. you could have like some, you know, 110 pound waifish, you know, <laughs> nobleman who is the richest person ever and is equally as healthy as, you know, some buff guy with no money. And I remember thinking that yeah. was really strange. Um, yeah, as, like, as like I get, I get why they did that. Like in terms of like, hey, you have enough money to like keep yourself healthy, but like what, how it actually shook out was ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You stab him, but you need to stab him again because he has <laughs> because he's rich. <laughs> you stab him and he bleeds gold. He hasn't you haven't gotten to his blood supply yet. <laughs> exactly, so yeah. Um, well, yeah. and I think I think it would have worked really well if narratively speaking, we could have done something like in Fate, where. Um, you know, like you get attacked, but you just do a stress box, right? Oh, like it's just you just hit my armor. 
Yeah. You know right. what I mean? I think like, if we would have narrated it, it like that. What would have been cool is to just have any character with resources just has like very good resources. Yeah. yeah. Just has a bunch of no-named bodyguards standing around. And every time you take damage, they die. Yeah. And exactly. <laughs> that's why you have them where else. That would have been cool. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like I could have fudged that in the system, right? Yeah. You just had um like him have goons standing around him. And every time that he attacked, right, with his two or whatever uh, uh physique, that he like narratively speaking his goons attacked you and that actually would have probably worked um yeah. but we weren't smart enough with new systems and the system to suggest that yep right and that also only that. helps for a character who's like really you know waist deep in money and where like it makes sense because i mean I, the yeah. resources helped everybody's health to some degree and not Every, enough everyone has a little bodyguard standing around waiting to die <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but um yeah, so that that was that was just another one of the little mechanical idiosyncrasies that like it took a really good concept and a pretty interesting base mechanical concept and sort of made it just not pan out right. I know I also hated hated having to roll for doubles because <laughs> in that system yeah. you would build a pool of dice and you would roll. Oh, yeah. Oh my and gosh. You had to get doubles and whatever you got of the double on the dice is what you rolled. So, you know, you could have 10 dice and roll two double ones and get snake eyes. And it was just really, really frustrating to watch 10 dice be so useless. And if you didn't get any doubles, you just, I think you just didn't get anything. And yep. <laughs> I remember hating that because I felt like I had to have such a big pool to literally know that I would even get a one. Mm -hmm. And so I, I remember that just drove me nuts as a, as it, a mechanic. It, it was like brutal in the worst way. So like <laughs> you compare like Burning Wheel to it and Burning Wheel is um, brutal. Uh, but I think it's more because of like the GM roles and like, uh, like bloody verses, that type of yeah. um, stuff. Right. And um, like successes made more sense. If we would have honestly, I feel like if we would have used it like yeah. Burning Wheel does and done mm -hmm. successes, it would have felt a lot more. Um, because the thing with Burning Wheel is, even though it can be capricious, because you know you can just not get a success, it's not arbitrarily capricious, yeah. right? It's, a rule yeah. of averages it's not random. Point. It's a yeah. rule of averages, not a. Sorry, the the one in whatever chance it was to get this particular pair of dice, it just didn't happen. And you got the a bunch of sixes, but that doesn't help you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was the other thing. Yeah, sixes were like, uh, like an extra resource. So you could literally get a double six and then get a one on your roll because your sixes didn't count. And that was infuriating. Yeah. I remember that. Um, I honestly, I think if we could probably overhaul that system with two changes, if we just made it so that your pool was uh burning wheel style four five six or successes and you could fork in things like metals if it made sense because yeah. then you could spend charges of your metals to fork them into something uh, which is the other thing we never bothered with charges but we could do that mm -hmm. and then you know maybe having steel to fly around would help you fight somebody and yeah. it would help you could, maybe you could fork three or four metals and if you could describe it and it would make a big difference but you would burn out of your, your metals very quickly yeah. and then then a Mistborn would be incredibly dangerous until they ran out of metals, which is how it should be. Yes, because because the trade-off, right, is their attributes. So without right, their exactly. metals, they're really weak, which is yeah, exactly so the trade-off they meant to do. Yeah, exactly. So honestly, I think just those two changes would go a long way in making that game a lot more playable. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of think if we went back to it, we would yeah. try that. 
I wouldn't mind hacking that game. I think this, the base systems are simple enough that it would not be hard to make something yep. fun out of. Uh, or, I mean, it was fun anyways. Something more cohesive out of. But uh, honestly, we could probably do that on a whole other episode. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, were there any other mechanical things that stuck out that we just that ended up sort of being the reason that we moved on to other stuff? Because, I mean, I don't want to sound like we're just poo-pooing on it. It was fun. It had its it had its strengths for sure but ultimately we decided that you know we had other there are other games to play that would probably support whatever we were doing yeah. um s- more strongly well i feel like uh, we did have a lot of fun with it and oh, i feel yeah. like it was we just did. because it was misborn yeah. and it was fun to mess with the canon of the story right mm-hmm. so you guys had fun characters you said super i, I mean really super interesting characters because in misborn um your character is really uh, like based around the magic system, right? So, uh, because Jared was a pewter arm, he lived for physical fights. Yeah. And uh, for Caleb, uh, he's a coin shot. I mean, he's like adventuresome and like, uh, you know. Hey, I was edgy. That's jumps my into thing. The fr- uh, edgy, yeah, yeah. Because coins, but coins don't have any edges. So I'm not sure how that really. Well, they have edges. They just don't have sharp edges. I mean, like. No, they couldn't. Or corners is what I. Is what I they think. could have sharp edges if you just extended them out. You're right. Sure. Yeah. That would be very strange. Uh, <laughs> Push them down. Yeah, just flatten them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, but um, I think I think that was probably the the thing that was the most fun about it is because it was misborn. Yeah, definitely. Because we were messing with um, what we could do to his universe. Yeah. Um, Actually, I think that was. On that note, we didn't use this system again for D and D. We transferred D and D characters true. to the system, and oh, um, that was awful. That didn't work at all, right? And that's my—I think that was going to be my point, right? Was like, I think that's how you can tell that Mistborn carried it because when we changed over to our fantasy setting that didn't have the Mistborn stuff that was the game was built for to make it fun, yeah. it fell apart even further because you're like. And I mean, I still enjoyed that part of the game, yep. that campaign as well, but mm-hmm. it, mechanically it didn't really help us any. And I think that's sort of a testament of, you know, the the theme really does carry the mechanics yep. there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to be fair, I think they were onto something. Like I said, I don't think it would take much mechanical tweaking to make it better. But, you know, yeah, I think as it actually panned out, that was probably the biggest indicator to us because we we removed the setting that was it was built for and found the mechanical weaknesses lying underneath, you know? Yep. Um, yep. Even, even more so. So, but yeah, I mean, really, I want to talk about like the kind of main, like the, how, what it felt like to transition all that stuff over and like how it was going with us. And I think that's an important piece of it is like, that's when we found out like, okay, so we do want to do different things. Like, we want to be able to do this other fun stuff that the Mistborn Adventure game promised us but then didn't deliver. But yeah. we can't do it by just porting everything to the Mistborn Adventure game. We have to find another game. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember, I think the next game we went to was the Hero System. I think so. Um, which, which also is a completely... It's not a broken system. It's just a very, very overloaded system. Yeah. There's just too much going on for it to be fun with what is specifically yeah. with what we were trying to do i think a lot especially because we were trying to make it just do everything we wanted to do yeah. the science fantasy all of it together like any character well, sort of a thing because, because you can do it right like we mm-hmm. i think we really followed always um like the type of 
game that the rules said you could do. And so yeah. because the hero system did everything, we were like, well, let's just do everything. And we were like sp- uh, world hopping, yeah. uh, like space soldiers. <laughs> the one uh, session with- I played was very kitchen sink with what was going on. Yeah, like there was just everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think you, you played one session and you were what? what I was a character from my book. Uh, I was a... Uh, um, the mirror one? From- no, it was or from the flesh, the, uh, the flesh work one okay. where he, yeah, basically could like use up the physical aspects of his body to, to, for magic. And I remember Ruth played one session too, and she basically just built a character with a rocket launcher, yeah. <laughs> like an energy plasma rocket launcher. And I remember we had a fight where you set, spent like 20 minutes setting up like 30 miniatures. She shot her gun one time and killed literally everyone. On the uh-huh. yeah, and we were yeah. like, that was when I was like, man, this game's got some weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think, you know what it was though, is because we, you know, it, it was like, we can do anything. And we gave everybody a bunch of points to work with. And yeah. we all wanted to do like fun, cool. Like I want all of these powers. And then Ruth was just like, I don't know. I want a rocket launcher. And so she put yeah. all of her points into the rocket yeah. launcher. She's like, yeah, I wrote this story where this character has like this energy, like gun that explodes. I'm just going to make that. And that was what she did. And it, it, it worked. <laughs> Whereas I think I got knocked out while I was on top of a flying dragon, like almost instantly or something. And it yeah. went very poorly for me because <laughs> I, I didn't realize that you had like a separate health bar for your st- like energy or something. And so oh, I had like yeah. no stun health and someone was just like, and I went out and I was like, I did not, I did not comprehend the system when I made this character. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then Jared survived a planet being destroyed with luck dice. Yep, luck, luck we dice found out luck was the most broken mechanic in the world. Stupid. Literally, he it was actually good for him when people tried to kill him. Yep. Uh yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. Oh gosh. Where did we so, go from there? Oh, sorry. So um, oh, well, from God. there we went to fake fake core. Um, yeah right because we were we started a story right, yeah we, we started to do that little like dawn of worlds thing and then <sighs> yeah. we zoomed in and we did a hero system one shot and then the next game we we then we did a, a campaign which was we decided to do fake core um and from there that was honestly fake core is the game that opened our eyes um right to yeah. what role-playing yeah. games really could be that was the the actual like gateway into good games that we continue to play right yeah um, the other end of the spectrum from things like running wheel and D that have a lot of rules to, to know we were on the other end of it where it's like your character sheet is basically the extent of the rules here you go yeah and yeah much. it was i mean obviously it goes further than that you get things like fiasco but yeah as far as like recognizably yeah. you know mechanical games yeah. and did we, um, did we start with orphans was that the first one we did in no we did a story i remember we did that one where you were playing the the scholar character that's right and he had yeah. the book the book that could write Creep, itself creepy like flesh book or whatever remember it was had the sunstones the, the giant story with the giant sun creatures but i don't remember us playing the fate system with that i think yep, it, it was fake because remember you had the ask the trouble lusts after women and then you're like uh yeah, immediately yeah. regretted your decision the first time caleb tried yeah. to make you do it and ironically on the, in the same note my character i was like this is going to be a polyamorous character and then he slept with one woman like it was like your like Jared's apprentice or something. And immediately because of who I am as a player, he was just like, 
all of a sudden, 100% monogamous. <laughs> I was like, this didn't go how I thought it was going to go at all. Like, I apparently I'm incapable of. Which, you know, might be a good thing. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess, you know, that's yeah. not a horrible thing, I guess. Yeah. But no, yeah, I, yeah, because I just couldn't. I remember the part where I was like, this is the part where my character ditches her. And I was like, I can't do that. It's so mean. <laughs> also, she was coming with us. That was probably. Uh, <laughs> I think if we did, if we redid that campaign today, I would have done it because it would have been a really interesting thing to be stuck with that character the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've gotten better at distancing myself from my characters, but yeah, yeah I still, it's still difficult for <laughs> for me to act like that yeah well i think it's really funny that just you as a player it's so telling that you can literally walk into a room and be like yeah we should just kill everybody but uh do i ditch this girl after i <laughs> slept does, with her no. no it does say a lot about me you're, you're not wrong oh <laughs> uh, yep. yeah uh, but anyway so i think I think that wraps up everything about Mistborn system because I can't think of anything yep. else that. Yeah, to I, be think, fair. I think um, if somebody did want to take the Mistborn system and do something fun with it, I think we would probably suggest a more fighting isn't always the best answer approach. Yeah, I would where, I would lean into the other aspects because it's yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's the system's strength, but it is a, it is a no, strong yeah. part of the system where other systems are very often very weak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and. I honestly really want to look at that now and 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 workshop a, a hack for it because I don't think it would take very much work and I think it would improve yeah. a lot. Yeah, I, I think that should be maybe our next episode, David. Honestly, yeah, because I don't know how I never thought about that, but I mean, just with those like changing the two dice minutes system. of talking, yeah. I feel like we changed enough to be a you know, pretty significant difference. So yeah, we just kind of um, like identified what was wrong with it, and then we're like. And this system did it better. And then we were like, wait a second. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like we've gotten a lot more <laughs> proficient at this yeah. since the last time we thought about it. But anyways, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that about wraps up our thoughts on that and, and sort of that transitional period in our, our gaming lives. <laughs> yeah. It, what's funny is I, I do think we, when we did Mistborn Monsters, we did, I think, lean into that, those other aspects of the system more, which is, I think, what made it work the way it did but at the end of the of the campaign we still looked at it and we're like yeah we're not going to play this again in the Mistborn adventure game since <laughs> this yeah. doesn't work so i think uh my recommendation for if somebody just wanted to use the Mistborn system as is my recommendation would be uh don't touch furukami unless you play test it first and know how powerful it is especially as the gm you know how powerful it is so that if you do want to let somebody have furukami and have them uh, let them have it at the rate that they have it. You have to make them use it a lot and yeah. not allow them to have enough time to store it. Mm. Yeah. Or frankly, um, just be like, you have 10% of the amount of storage space it says you yes. have, and you basically fixed it. Because I, I think it yes. did have a listed storage space. I think it was just huge. Because I think it was like a yep. multiple of some number. Yep. And <laughs> it was like so hundreds, you know? So Yeah. So if you yes. just made it like, instead of 10 or like 50 times the number, just do like, two times the number and you'd probably be okay yeah. it would still be very powerful because you can still jump on like 10 or 12 dice all at once like that's a that's well, doubling your but that's a probably. feature of Farukami, right exactly because now you can't do anything yeah. <laughs> after that yeah so like i think that yeah. would be totally fine but uh yeah so i think that's a good a, a good point is yeah you want to be very careful with me and i i would definitely recommend leaning into the the other aspects of a system and probably just generally avoiding steel because i remember 
you, I remember you were basically like, yeah, he has steel. And we're like, steel basically just makes you go whenever you feel like. And you're like, well, but he literally has super speed. Like you can't do anything. We're like, well, mechanically we can do whatever we want because this doesn't actually help him any. (laughs) And I remember there being a really hard disconnect between the steel Furukami mechanic and what you narratively was going on. And so you're basically just like, nah, he just stops you. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Because I was like, I know if this turns into an all-out fight, I've set this up in a way where he is, Zeth is so powerful. Right, yeah. That I wanted you guys to figure out a way where you don't just run in and fight him. Because that's always been the solution is, well, you just run in and kill him. And you guys would always just somehow succeed. And it was annoying. So I was like, well, what if I set up a system where a scenario as the boss battle, right? Where you can't just attack him full blown and somehow win because your characters are just that ridiculous and broken. Um, But I think, I think um, the other suggestion that I would have is um, if you don't want to let any of your characters have uh, Farukami, um, that makes sense or fix it in the way that David said. Um, The other thing is honestly, if you said nobody is a pewter misting, I think that would really help the um the balance between the characters go really yeah, well definitely. so that a misborn could have pewter and feel like they're useful as a pewter um useful when they use pewter yeah. um but it won't make it won't make misborn feel redundant and stupid yeah um yeah and pewter single-handedly threw the entire combat system out of whack just because if yes. you didn't have pewter you could exactly. not fight somebody who did and i mean exactly. like exactly even if your pewter wasn't as good, it was still just, it was such a, if you had it at a lower level, it was just such a huge advantage. And I mean, it, yeah, it, it was a massive, massive difference. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, so I, I think you, that is another thing you gotta be really careful with in the same way that, you know, um, in the same way that Farukami, not in the same way, in a similar way that Farukami just threw things out of whack. That was another one that was really, uh, yeah, I, Think being careful with that is a good idea. So I think I think an enemy as a Peter misting would be fun, but be a good it's, boss, right? Yes, it's difficult when uh, one person is a Peter misting and the rest of them aren't, because it just it just it makes uh, the party feel like uh, like one character is more powerful than the other, one person is more useful than the other, and that's really frustrating. Um, especially for me as a GM, like not knowing how to like make, make everybody else feel like their particular skills are useful in the game. And I felt like, you know, Jared could always be like, I kill them and just win. Even if the situation called for, you know, stealth or whatever it is, Jared just had high on roll. That was another weakness of a system. It does not differentiate between a bulky, strong character oh, and a nimble yeah. athletic character, and pewter helps with both. So literally, Jared, as the like six-foot steroid boy, was also the stealthiest character you could possibly be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the most agile and the best throwing and the best yeah. shot. Even like, though I wanted to be that character, I wasn't. Exactly. The problem was yeah, that Peter was- hedged into every element except social stuff, basically. And not yeah. only did it do that, but it was better at it than everything else. Yep. And yep. I think that was one of the, that's the, that's the real issue that it, I think that you just hit on there with Peter was that, because, you know, if it makes you the best fighter, that's your role, whatever. But 
it also made you better at everything else, except yep. for talking. It was the only thing you were better at uh, yep. and, and significantly better at. So, which, I mean, to be fair, is, is kind of how it worked in the book, too. Peter was yeah. pretty, pretty broken in the book, but that's because it, it didn't have to mechanically balance. And in the game, it should, right. at least to some degree. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but yeah, so that might be another thing you got to take a look at because that was super, it just always struck me so weird that like our nimble steel shot was less stealthy than our giant hulking pewter guy what, what's yep. funny about that is like you know they try to go more towards balance with the, with mistborn right yeah the actual and, mistborn, and then they and then they did the opposite with pewter they, they could have just yeah. made it just punching things but right. they didn't because oh realism in the books but, it, but then they made the game broken so yeah yeah gosh but yeah at any rate yeah we'll, we'll probably go over that stuff more in the next time when we when we uh look at that system which we're gonna have to reread because i don't remember it very well (laughs) but i mean as Uh, you said though too david right like i i think i would i I might start i might get a couple of the books again just to read reread we have the pdf but they're they're it's a nice book and i'd read read them again i've bought a lot of games that i know i'll never play just because i'm interested in what's in them and the rules and stuff and in this i'd be more interested in in the fluff and stuff like that but yeah to be frank i i'd get it just because and i don't think they were very expensive either especially Mm -hmm. for pdfs Yeah, they're pretty, pretty cheap. So. Cool. I think that yeah. wraps up our episode. I think so. Well, hey, uh, Connor, yeah. thanks for joining us. It's been yeah. fun having you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and, yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah, thank you guys for joining us. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode and uh, hope you're inspired to play more role-playing games. See you next time. Adios. Adios.